Hi everyone, this is Twainy's Convos with Wale and Toby, a conversation between two age-old friends about life, the world, and everything in between. Ten episodes. Wow, it's been a long ride, guys, and it's been so exciting to learn from everyone we've spoken to and just to have conversations that are pretty important to us as 20-something-year-olds. Anyways, for the last episode, we spoke about the shades of being black. This was the one about the black identity across borders. Here is a recap. Right. So anyway, today we've got um, um, Yemi and Kelsey, my friends, right? I'll call them friends. They might call me acquaintances. That, that's okay. <laughs> but I'll call them friends uh, because because uh, I met them, and you know there's people that you meet that you know you know if you if you see them every day you probably have more things in common as as you discover and people that you meet that you're like yeah probably not but them too they'll fall they fall they fall in the first category so that's why I call them friends and they're gonna join us today um, and I'm not gonna you know give too much information about them or let them introduce themselves in a bit but we're gonna talk about um, this idea of motivation of being black in the world as a global world wherever we are and looking at how our, our identity is shaped and how we shape that as we navigate our social landscape so um i'll start with yemi hi yemi i knew you'd start with me uh, always <laughs> i'm yemi hi um i'm just trying to think of, like a little bit about myself i'm 21 22 um and I am currently, well, I'm meant to have graduated this year. So technically, I'm a graduate of Loughborough University of 2020. And I studied psychology at uni. And I'm currently unemployed. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kelsey? I'm Kelsey. Uh, I'm 25. Um, I did my master's at Loughborough. Um, I got a master's in sports psychology, sport and exercise psychology. Um, and I'm currently the coordinator of programs for student athlete development and enhancement um, at Smith College, which is in Massachusetts in the United States. Um, I'm currently in Bedford, um, but uh, yeah, I'm from Maryland originally and live in Massachusetts. And yeah. Mm, so for context, um, Yemi, I know, not that I know, you are, you are British and you live in England, but you've lived in the USA for a while, haven't you? Um, I mean, I was born there, um, oh. and I probably lived there for like all of maybe like three months or something. Um, and then I lived in Nigeria until I was four, and then I've literally been British ever since. Mm. And, and how about because I know you told me one time about your you went there for an internship or you worked there, yeah, on... yeah. So I'd worked, I did like summer camp, like I worked as a counselor there. No, like Camp Rock, like that vibe. So yeah, I did that for, I think it was summer after first year. So it was summer 2017. I was there for like three months mm, in Maine mm. doing like mm. summer camps. And, and then and obviously Kelsey, you've lived in England for a while. So I mean, like the, the, the key thing there is, I was just interested in that. I didn't have to realize that until now that you both have actually lived for a while in each other's countries, which is actually cool. Mm. Right? Yeah. So yeah, let's just get straight into it, and I'll start with um, Kelsey for this one. Uh, and this, this might not be me diving into the deep end at first, but what was the first point you consciously realized, you know, you consciously knew what race was? Um, that was the first point. So I, I ride horses, so it was pretty early. Um, I started riding horses. 
uh, when I was three, and I don't remember this encounter, um, but my mom tells it that I, I think I started riding horses when I was three, and I started showing when I was five. Um, and I asked my mom at one point, like, why everyone stopped and looked at me when I went in the ring. Um, and at first she told me it's because you're good. She was like, it's because you're good. Everyone wants to stop and look at you. Uh, and when I, I, I guess I might have been, they took me out of showing because it was too much stress. But I went back when I was about seven. Um, and I guess it was about then that they were like, okay, no, you, you know, you're good. But you also, they're not expecting to see you. Um, and and I kind of ended up using that as motivation to prove people wrong. But I, I think I noticed the attention of being different way earlier than I knew why. Um, but yeah. I mean, interestingly, like I went to a, you know, a girls private school in the United States, which was majority white. I ride horses. Um, we, in, we integrated our neighborhood. My parents weren't afraid to be the only people. Um, and so that kind of then led into me not being afraid to be the only, but I guess I didn't really realize it was the only <laughs> yeah. early on. Yeah. That's interesting. And that is, quite a very early age because yeah. I definitely I definitely can't say the same me probably definitely in the last five years but mm. I mean and, and and it's one of those things where I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing you know knowing <laughs> that early on it's, it's tricky that's interesting get me up about you um I would say like maybe primary school was when I like actually when I say primary school I mean maybe like age eight or nine when they started like teaching more because I went to primary school in London um, compared to like like secondary school where I went to school in Kent but in London like they did more about like Black History Month and stuff like that or like more about culture teaching and stuff so I think that's when I was just like okay like I'm black like I properly deep tea I think that was when I was like eight or nine but definitely like secondary school because um, similar to Kelsey like I went to secondary school in a like a predominantly white secondary school so pretty much from like year seven which is like age 11 12 like I think that's when I properly did I was my first secondary school that I went to in year seven I was the only black girl in the whole year um of year seven so like I couldn't not notice it um but then my um second secondary school that I went to starting from like the end of year seven it was still like it was like 10 black people overall in the whole school or something. So like I noticed it secondary school age, like properly, I would say. So, yeah. So, so pretty much similar to Kelsey at a very early age. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's kind of unsurprising given the context. Toby, how are you? Um, I would say primary school, but not like very glaring. I think it was just, I went to a primary school that was like two as Nigerians would call it. Um, and our principal was from Sri Lanka. So there were a lot of international people within the school, like leading um, programs and classes. So I think that just made me aware of, okay, the different people. Uh, but I would say, I, I'm sure we'll get to this point, but I didn't see it as a thing. Like I just saw, oh, they're different from me. Not that I deeped race in that sense um, as being the only person. Have you got a preference to how, you know, you others refer to your race? So do you prefer to be called black or African-American, Kelsey, or black British? Yeah, I mean, do you guys have a preference? What would black. you say? Black. Yeah, black. Black. I prefer to be called black, not anything else. Kelsey, to be same as you? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like once you... I mean, I don't mind African-American, but I, I feel like it, uh, you know, at some level gets to like, oh, buy a textbook 
this is what I'm supposed to call you. Like, I'm supposed to call you African-American because it's PC. I'm like, okay, but, you know, yes, but I'm black. That's what I would refer to myself as. Mm-hmm. Now, and before I ask you guys, before I go back in detail, let me read something that I actually saw by someone who asked the same question, right? And he or she said, um, race is man-made and really has no definition. What is black? What is white? Please define those. There are no such things. They are ambiguous and abstract. Also, African-American is not a nationality. Africa is not a nation. European-American is not a nationality. Europe is not a nation. Asian-American is not a nationality. Asia is not a nation. If we're born in America, call us American. If we're born abroad and nationalized here, call us the fusion of both, i.e. Cuban-American or Nigerian-American. And that was someone's response to that. Now, the key things that I got from this was when he said, you know, if you're born here, call us this, right? And if you, we came here and we immigrated here and we became citizens, call us this. And, and, and he's saying race is man-made and there's nothing like black or white. Mm-hmm. Now, here, now, hearing that, what do you guys think? Let me start with Toby. <laughs> it's a bit on the nose, but um, it, there is some truth in that. And why I say that is because, like, I, I did a bit, like, quick reading and even things that are considered PC now, you know, calling someone black. In those times, there have been arguments for the other party that, you know, calling people black is a bit like derogatory. It focuses too much on the person's skin color and things like that. So I think when it comes to like, you know, social definitions for things, through times and seasons and cultural dispositions, they change, right? And so I kind of agree that, okay, look, let's just stick to the facts, right? If you're born somewhere, you're, you know, you're the citizen of that place. And if you have ancestry somewhere else, then you just add that on top of where you were born. So I kind of agree, but like he, the statement is kind of like painted in a very like attacky kind of way, which is why it's like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that race is man-made because it technically is. um, Because I I think it was like, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but I think it was like not until maybe like what the... 16th 18th I don't know century when race was actually properly defined as what it was so technically it is man-made but then I think because of like people's experiences um for example like black people's experiences compared to like Asian people compared to white people let's say black um black experiences compared to white experiences it becomes a bit more like it feels a bit more Mm. defined like it feels a bit more like you can't really get away from saying that race a thing because it's like society does make it a thing anyway well it's, it's very interesting because um toby at the start said um that I did, if you look back in history 20 30 years ago um some statements were some words were pc or not pc so i did I, mm-hmm. I, there's a point where the negro was the word right there's a point where um there's some other kind of some other words that became good and not to say then let's filter out right and then, you know, I, I know you guys said you had to be called black than African-American. Now, is that because of a, of clinging to an identity as in, in a cultural or historical context or more of a political mm. thing? And I use political because are we thinking about ourselves in our environment as we are? So, for example, if, if, if you were in Africa, for example, or not even know if you were, because me in Africa, I, me when I was in Nigeria, I don't think I would... I don't think I ever, if I go ask this question, I would not say, um, oh yeah, call me black. Right? I mm. don't think I'll say that. I'll probably even say, why are you, yeah. why are you asking me this question? Right? I'll probably say, bro, what's going on? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not Nigerian. Nigerian, that's good. Right? Yeah. But is it given the political context or the history or the culture that 
what is the motivation for you wanting to become black overall? Um, I think that's a little bit more of an interesting question for me because I actually don't know. Um, I think mm. when you bring in slavery into it and, and you know, my ancestors are slaves, I, I mean, I had a, a friend at, in undergrad ask me where I was really from and, you know, I think she caught me on <laughs> off because my answer was not as calm as it might have been, but it ended up really being like, well, you know, like slavery was a thing and, and they didn't really keep receipts. So I don't know where I was from. Like, and, and <laughs> they didn't keep receipts. <laughs> I love that. Coming <laughs> on a day. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that it's an, I mean, it's an interesting question. It's a question that I, you know, often it's a, con- a conversation that I often have um, with my mom or my girlfriend. Like we end up talking about like, Oh, do you want to know where you really, mm. like, where you are really from? Um, cause I can't say I'm, you know, Nigerian American, Senegalese American, Kenyan American. Like I don't, mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, it was a really interesting time, um, going to the org fair at Loughborough when I first got there. Cause I walked down the like affinity group aisle in the, like in the <laughs> gymnasium where like, you know, the Loughborough, I don't know exactly what it was called, but like the different affinity group clubs were, and they, oh, I yeah, and the societies, yeah. And they all looked at me and smiled and like were waiting for me to pick which one I was gonna go to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't sorry, I don't know. Um, so I mean, my options kind of are black and African American as far as like PC yeah. terms terms I want to call myself. I mean, I guess I would call myself a person of color or people group people of color into that. Yeah, I fit into there, but I wouldn't identify like I don't wouldn't say hi, I'm Kelsey, I'm a person of color. Mm, um mm, mm. and also and and you saying the fact of um you know your your ancestors you know like there is you can't you can't find that trace right because because you know in some form in some form of history that has been cut off at some point and and that's something that i'll touch on later but before we get there when i got here interestingly enough um i i think i mentioned this conversation i found out that for it I did not, I did not, I did not ease in as easily as I thought I would ease in with black British people, <laughs> right? It, it was not, it was not the, the seamless, you know, oh yeah, my guy, what's up, what's going on? It wasn't like that. I still found a difference. Like I still found it, not uneasy, but I still felt, oh, okay, there's something different. There's something different here, right? So that was the first time I realized that, okay, that you can be black and you can be black, but bro, there can be a distance. Right. So for you guys, right, who obviously have grown up in America and the, and, 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 and the UK, do you feel a social distance with Africans that you meet? Mm. Right. And, and, and you feel like you kind of disidentify from them a bit. Um, I would say like, oh, go sorry, on. go on. No, 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 go on. <laughs> okay. I would say like, yes and no. Um, well, because for me, like, yeah, like the way I was like raised, um, food, culture, church, whatever. Like, so it's always I always felt just Nigerian, British. But I would say that when I, I think when I went to uni was the first time when I was like not exposed, but exposed. We'll say, like so call it so many international students as well, like Nigerian people. Students from like students coming from Nigeria to study here, and I basically made friends with like quite a few of them. I think yeah, that was my first time when it could just be in things like 
I don't know. Like, I, I can't highlight key differences or similarities. I think it just depends. It's maybe things like slang or maybe just the way that we relate to certain things or I wouldn't really even go as far as saying dressing and stuff because I just feel like that a lot of, like, things like popular culture and stuff is everywhere. So it's not really... I didn't find, like, clashes like that. But I would say... Um, for me, I didn't really distance myself that much because, like, a lot of them are now, like, my closest friends. So, but I definitely I definitely can see what you mean about there being a difference because even with things like, let's say, like, ACS, like, African-Caribbean society, you would, there was a difference between, like, t- like home students and then international students, mm-hmm. even though we're both, like, Nigerian, even yeah. though we're both black, it's, like, it's, like, black British compared to, like, black... Um, Nigerian, Black, Kenyan, do you know what I mean? So, differences. Um, and I do think that some people do pull away. Some people don't know how to, like, relate with that. Like, some people don't know how to, like, relate with people who are just, they're like them, but they're just home students. And likewise as well, some people who are international, I feel like they they kind of do clash as well with um, home students yeah. as well. So, But for me... I wouldn't say I really distance myself that and much. Then some of it is kind of unexpected, you know, like you don't know what to expect. Like when you're either, if you're either the person who's from Nigeria or you're the person who grew up here and you meet someone who's Nigerian, because you find that, and I think this relates to something Kelsey said earlier about um, if you grow up, wait, before I go on, just let me ask Kelsey so I don't go off track. That's okay. So, no, 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 because I can just go off track right now. So let me, let me get a point on that. So, do you, do you feel that social distance? Yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel like it's a little bit of a disappointment from people who are living in the U.S. but were born in Africa that, you know, like, we don't know where we're from. Because, um, I mean, I can't, it's in a button, but, like, I get my hair braided and my hair braider is from Senegal. And I, I you know, have I've had a few... Um, well, all from Senegal, really. But they always like are really excited to ask, like, where you know, where are you, where's your family from, where are your ancestors, mm. like, where, where's your history from, and I, you know, unfortunately, have to say like, oh, I don't know. And some have said like, oh, are, are you from Nigeria? Are you from Kenya? Like, they've asked where I'm from, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, and it's kind of like, well, all right. Um, and then uh, a couple times, you know, like I've had writers that will slip into French and then they'll be like talking to somebody on the phone and then talk to me or they'll be talking and like and they'll like speak to me and I I took French in grade school like I, I don't have a working knowledge of you know a different language of, of French you know much less Senegalese so I, yeah it's I don't feel it I feel like the, the distance is there of like oh, okay like right you don't know where you're from um we can't bond over that like okay we're from the same country um or even like from we're both from africa like i yeah. i guess yes i know i'm from africa or like my family ancestors were from africa but i don't know where so there's not as much of an affinity there yeah. um but that's really the most interaction i've had in terms of feeling so socially distant. I, I know what I made me just realize, and, and Toby, I'll, I'll ask you this in a second. What I made me realize now is that sometimes when you're in an environment where as a black person, so like you want to bond with somebody, right? So if you're, if, if you're in an all black environment, right? So maybe you go for some event, right? And there's only black people there. What you look to bond with is different. It goes beyond your race, yeah. right? So, so if you're in an event and it's just, maybe not an event, but if you're in a classroom, for 
for example, for you, for yeah. the person. And it's just, it's, there's, maybe there's just two black people in there, right? Maybe you're American, I'm Nigerian. I'm, I'm likely to bond with you and probably not care about, you know, or, or, think, or think about, okay, where are you from? originally for us to bond, right? Because our sense of bonding at that yeah. point is just based on, we're here together alone. We know that, you know, we're the black folks here, you know, yeah. let's just, all right. But when you're like in a black community, it's like for some reason we then tend to then okay, okay let's filter down and ask you know and then we can then separate right so uh, what do you guys think about that you know just that cultural commitment to, to do you have to do must you support everyone who is black or african so like doesn't matter where they're from or, or or there's like you can you can pick, pick and choose the thing is it would be nice to say that you should but like at the same time it's not always going to click like that because like we have different experiences based on country, based on culture. And when I say culture, I mean like the culture of like your country or tribe, stuff like that. So stuff like that kind of cuts through and makes it harder for us to just be unified as just one race. Mm. If that mm. makes sense. Mm. Kirst, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, at face value, yes. I, I think, you know, you were saying like you, we stick together in groups and like, you know, if I see a black person walking down the street, like I'll do the nod, I'll say, hey, like, you know, that kind of like checking out you. <laughs> <Do the nod. laughs> but I, you know, I think when once you get into more familiar territory, I, I, for some reason, I think that does happen, you know, that you, you get black people who, you get people who, you know, want to create some kind of divider or, you know, create the in-group out-group culture from the in-group um yeah and you know like the the amount of people i've met black people i've met that i you know find out i ride horses and they're like do we do that and it's like it's a we thing that apparently yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. not like i have gone against the grain and and i think i've spent the entirety of my life against the grain <laughs> and like do we do that and and you know, it's, it's something I just, you know, live with. Um, but that, yeah, I find more than not, and, and that's mostly in an American context. So that's where I spent most of my years. But um, yeah, I've, you know, you run up against a lot of that and it, it could be, you know, what city you're from or, you know, what music you listen to or, you know, the, like it doesn't necessarily matter, but you do get that kind of mm, mm. in group, within group definition somewhere. And, yeah. and, and it's mad because we've put it, we've put an identity on the culture that makes us you know everyone should pledge, pledge allegiance to that culture flag such that if if you're doing something like like i still get people ask me oh why are you listening to this kind of music like bro what's yeah. going on? I, are you okay i'm like i'm fine yeah. like my, my mental health is great i'm just listening to rock music mm-hmm. and, and and that's calm right it doesn't it doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't mean only suffering internally Right, so I think <laughs> there's that, there's that, and Toby, I think please, please add to this. There is that idea where there's there's a cultural identity, and if you don't fit it, even amongst us blacks, yeah, people like like push us out, like okay, fam, what is going on? Absolutely, know? yeah, and and I think like you said, um, when you're outside uh, the continent, I think it's easier to identify first with people uh, that look the same as you, right? Uh, but you know, like like Kelsey also said, once you're within that social circle. Uh, there now begins to be that thing of, okay, are you okay? We know you, you check the box of you look like us, but like, you know, do you act like us now? Um, mm. And 
for me, more like you with the music thing, I think that's almost in my story with a lot of different things, the kind of movies I watch, the kind of songs I listen to, the kind of things that I, I find interesting. Because as much as, you know, I'm Nigerian and grew up in Nigeria, the environment I grew up in was pretty, quote unquote, international. Even now that I work, I work in Ghana, but I'm surrounded by, you know, very international people. So honestly, sometimes I was thinking about this when we we're talking about this uh, topic. I find myself identifying more with more like non-black culture in a sense or let's say black american culture for that very for you know what's funny yeah what you just said someone has already gone no <laughs> <laughs> i know i know I'm quite interesting <laughs> and i think it's more black american culture than anything else at least in in terms of like um i guess music arts and things like that and so i find it hard sometimes to really like obviously i can switch between both sort of like natures and when i'm with my nigerian folk i can like vibe i can get down with that but like i think what i find myself defaulting to doesn't seem like the ideal nigerian quote unquote if there's anything like that so i do think that yeah the social distancing thing you mentioned does exist uh because Mm. we definitely like as much as we look the same our cultures are very, 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 very different. Like, it's it's vastly different. Like, even between Ghana and Nigeria, as close as we are, like, people forget that there's two countries in between Ghana and Nigeria, but we still think that we're next door because oh, really? of the cultures. Wait, wait, people- wait, wait, I'm live. I can't brass myself. I knew that. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even taking that into consideration as well, even Nigeria and Ghana, there's still so many things that are culturally different. And I think as much as it's nice to feel like we can connect on so many things um we don't mm-hmm. have to be exactly the same to connect is what i would say but yeah um i don't know if i answered the question but yeah social distancing in terms of culture does exist in this social distancing no social distance <laughs> 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 okay so i was thinking like um i saw this quote by um some guy called philip um, huckabee and bear in mind he wrote this paper in 1968 this was pretty much two years three years after the civil rights movement um it was fast but before i go into that quote um just based on what we just said just now um just quickly what experiences what shared experiences do you think okay well you have with wally being nigerian and you being american or to be being nigerian as well or you being british you know i mean i'm 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 are we only united based on our struggle against european oppression or there's more to it mm. This is a deep one. Wow, everyone's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a, a you know, de- definitely that connection, you know, the struggle against European oppression historically and now. Like, I mm-hmm. think, yes, we, you know, at some level, we've all, are, you know, faced some kind of history with that. Um, but even now, and I think that's, when a lot of people kind of group all people of color together, it's like, okay, you know, we all have some kind of, um, you know, find racism in, in daily culture, but I think the Black experience as a whole is much different than, you know, the Asian experience as a whole, or the, you know, the Latino experience as a whole. Um, and I think that's why we can check on each other in, in both of those contexts. Both historically and and now, but otherwise I'm, I'm still thinking on that one. Yeah, I feel like the same because I know when I was when I was in America, other um, it, it, there were other black stuff there, um, but then actually the the camp itself was the kids that were there were predominantly black, 
Um, and I know that as well, like with across with the staff, like the black staff, we would joke and like laugh about like just different things with in terms of like microaggression, like terms of like maybe um, there'll be times where we'd be in like a group meeting or something, like a staff uh, meeting, and then it might be a thing where like we just found that like all the black staff would be like in one corner, mm. just laughing, like bantering. Um, even though like I was from Britain, there was like some there was a, like a black lady from like Australia, someone from Kenya, and then like um, people who were from um, Boston as well. Like we would just laugh about things like maybe so like there was like a pool there or something so it'd be like oh laughing about not wanting to get our hair wet or like or laughing about not wanting like our wig to fall off or laughing about like just different things that we face in terms of like um what people think about us as well and how it's similar or like i know that there'll be times where we'll be like laughing in the corner we'll be like let's not be too loud because they're gonna get scared <laughs> you know when the, when the black people get together and they said do you know what i mean so that was that though there's similarities in that sense but yeah obviously in terms of like um in terms of relating to like country or cult for example like there's similarities between um um nigerians whether they're in like uk or nigeria kenya whatever but then there's also differences um because of that so i would say like the main similarities that we have like being black is just like every i feel like everyone else who isn't black sees us the same like regardless whereas like mm. the, it's just the black people that we see ourselves as like okay yeah but like are you nigerian okay yeah but like yeah okay yeah but like are you from are you from london are you from manchester like those are it's us that kind of like sees differences or makes differences whereas like the people who aren't black they just see us will black yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unless that is mad profound because the funny thing is from all the examples you gave and similar to what Kelsey said, everything relates sadly or good. I, I think I think probably more sadly, but sadly relates to the fact that it deals with racism either on a micro and a macro level or history of, of oppression. Mm-hmm. Which for me, the more I think about it, that's 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 not really great, is it? Because if if all we can if what brings up it's I, I guess it's a bit of sweet because I mean it brings solidarity in some sense, but if mm-hmm. if all we can banter about with strangers who are black or connect to immediately it's just the fact that we both know that okay bro we are in this vibe where you know people might see us or call us this in terms of i'm having this microaggression as you say or racial stereotypes for me that's 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 dangerous that's dangerous and and, and it shows that there's actually more differences amongst us because i don't know if you noticed but um when i'm in like when I'm walking home, for example, right, and and maybe obviously like I'm walking on a path, there's a black guy coming in a hoodie, a black lady, whatever. And we always want to see, okay, do we know this person? I, I don't know if anyone deeps as as well, but like like we can't make <laughs> eye contact for as long as possible to know, okay, do I know this guy as a brother? Because mm-hmm. we both know that we're in this land that we are. Uh, we are on our own. I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I get that vibe sometimes. Like, like when I'm walking, someone is coming up. Like we try to find out who we are. Like see, we make eye contact for time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, if we're in Nigeria, this will not happen because we're all everyone's going on. With, if if I if I'm looking at yeah. you in Nigeria like that, the guy will think I I want to rob him. I'm just probably gonna <laughs> attack me or, or run away. Yeah, yeah. But here's like we want to confirm that okay, bro, I see you. Yeah, I see you. I remember the first time I flew alone, and this was like pre 
no, I you know, my mom could walk me through the gate and I was like, mom, what do I do? Like, if I think I was like 12, you know, I, I need something. I'm scared. Or like, I'm, I get lonely. She's like, <laughs> look at the nearest black lady. And somebody within a black woman within earshot turned and was like, yes, look to the nearest black lady. And she ended up be, sitting next to me. And like, we talked to the play and she like, made sure I was okay. Made sure I got snacks and like, made sure I got to my aunt on the other end of the flight. Um, and I think about that often. Like what Naomi said, it probably relates to us either being a minority, not either both being the minority and probably because maybe as a black society we have more collectivists i don't know if i'm i don't know if this is wrong all right so i'm not sure but i think we have more collectivist um family like views and things i don't know if i'm right or wrong to be honest but that is my first guess so i won't say i won't say that as a fact that's that's a temporary opinion temporary until i check that's correct no i think so and i mean i I don't I don't know if this is a thing outside of America, but I know at least in African-American culture, like the nearest black man is your brother and the nearest black girl, mm. like woman is your and like that's, you know, like that's just a thing and you know, you call each other brother. Like that's a, you can, you can do that. And I, there's definitely, I mean, maybe because there's a solid chance that they could be your like second cousin, but um, <laughs> it, <laughs> no, it, it, that's that's a thing, and I think there definitely is. There's some other connection than like than you know the next stranger walking mm. down the street. For yeah, sure. um, I think that's yeah. like here when it's like when it could be black mark. Like if I I know for example like when I was younger I had friends who I had black friends I had white friends, but it was like my white friends would just call my mum by her name, but then my black friends would sort of be like what should I call, like, do I say auntie, do I say, miss it? like, do you know what I mean? So I feel like there is, like, a level of, like, fam- like familial settings with that. You don't just want to, like, call any black mum, like, oh, Abby, you don't just want to say that. You want to put, like, an auntie in front of it or something, like, to show that you have some form of, like, home training as mm. well. Mm. But, yeah. Respect thing that, that's, you know, yeah. And it's funny because it's for me it's surprising how not maybe surprising, but it's, it's interesting how despite years of you know there being many generations in the US, UK, across the world, right? That we've still managed to track down that um value of respect in our um community. You know, you can if, if you call if you call yourself an African American or a person of color or whatever. In your family values, maybe five, six out of ten times, you find that most families have that element of okay, respect your elders. You know, despite them being, you know, they may never identify. They may, they may even have like purely, you know, English names, like purely English names for the last ten generations. But at the end, like they still value. So it's just funny how, despite there being years and years of generations, like that, that is still passed down, right? But before I go on, let's talk about history, right? And, and I spoke about, as I said, I want to read a quote from um, some cultural theorists. Actually, I'm, I'm not sure if he's a theorist, but he wrote, he wrote <laughs> a paper on, on Black identity, and this was in 1968. And his name is Philip um, Huckabee. And in, in one of the pages, he said, American slavery, as, this, as distinguished from that of Latin America, intentionally destroyed all the means of which the Negro slave could retain his identity that is tribal, familial, linguistic, and cultic. Now, these ties, these ties were broken because of the fear of the slave revolts, which was a constant threat and often a reality. During the slave period, the Negro American derived his identity from his chattel status, buttressed clearly by defined social codes. 
in the period immediately following the Civil War, the feeble attempts to give a new position to the Negro, that of a full citizen, were defeated and Reconstruction marked only an interlude in the history of the Negro's identity struggle. So some that up, basically, he's saying that there was a deliberate attempt right, by, by the American slave capitalist um, movement fueled by racism mm -hmm. to destroy the psychological connection to, um, to slaves' um, African culture, right? So that they had to, so that they, they would lose that sense of belonging to something as a group. Because then, if you if you feel more together as a group, they can actually revolt, right? Yeah. What do you guys think about that? What and what strikes your head when when you hear that? I'm interested to see what Kelsey thinks about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to trying to process that all. Um, I definitely think that you know can seriously contribute to why there is kind of this universal might be a stretch but this widespread feeling of togetherness and we you know we at least in the states what i felt is like you know most people most black people in america are african-american descendants of slaves and mm -hmm. so like you know all of our ancestors went through this our ancestors went through this kind of as a collective understanding of the struggle um but i mean you you can you can feel that and i think that's part of what i need to you know psychologically pick through it and why i haven't done the dna test yet right like there's a i mean my grandfather's name was freeman because you know the his you know his parents were so adamant about him being a free man mm -hmm. like him often and creating his own life separate from slavery. So I, I think, you know, even though, I don't know necessarily where I'm going with that, but it, like his family information was stripped from him. Like at the end of the day, he's a free man and mm. you need to like go on and and, and create something from from that. But yeah, that, I mean, that's still, still felt. Mm. I don't know if that's exactly all I want to say, but I'm still trying to think about that. No, 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 that's interesting. Toby, from, and you've been an outsider. Yeah. Um, outsider, you not being American anyway. What's your view on that? Um, can you just define it like, again? My internet connection. So, so basically, the guy just says um, that, that that there was deliberate attempt to create a psychological homelessness, mm. right? That might be a strong word, but that's pretty much what he says um, for slaves, so that they have no connection to their cultural roots, and that prevents or rather avoids or reduces riots because those riots will come across when they feel as a group yeah yeah um that is true because i actually completely agree with that uh because honestly when, when you if you look at the history of slaves that you know were taken to the u.s and those that went to europe um the europeans did a better job of maintaining their tribes and you know um their local names while those that were shipped off to the US, there was like, they just called them black or Africans, right? So I think, you know, looking at just that fact alone, you can see that it kind of like feels like there was a deliberate attempt um, to sort of like disconnect them from what felt like the culture. Um, a, a lot of what they used to do in the grounds, the singing, the dancing and all those things, um, they used to kind of like fight against those things because they felt that it reminded, you know, them of home and you know might lead to uprisings and things like that so i kind of feel mm. like that's true uh, just looking at evidence based on evidence alone i think that's true 
Jamie? Um, I'd say like I would agree um, in this in the sense that it is clear that with with the fact that a lot of um, African Americans they they just they they do define themselves as African American or Black um, simply because a lot of them can't necessarily trace their roots back. But I feel like that's probably why they focus more on um, well, I know that like the, the African Americans I've met personally, I feel like that's probably why they focus heavily on like black culture, black food, black this, black that. It's like in a sense, clinging on to or redefining what their identity is, since it can't be defined by being from Senegal or being from because even if because I know I was speaking to my friend and she was just like, even if I did do um what do you call it like the ancestry.com like the dna stuff even if i did do it, it doesn't ne- it doesn't automatically make you identify with anything else but being black in america so aside from just where they're originally from so yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, it was you know what's funny yeah? now my, my next thought from that is are we then saying it's important to find because from, from what you just said dme and, and i don't know if kelsey agrees with that you said you know, they, we found a way to either modify or create a culture that you can cling to or you can hold on to and say, okay, this is now our culture, right? And which is, i.e., soul food, hip-hop music, whatever everything stems from. So are we then saying that it's important to either, you know, let's stick with that or is, is it better off if, if it is the chance for people to connect to their roots? Is that, is that, should that be a, a mandate on everyone's vision board? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, like that's everyone wants to belong to something. I think just as as humans, we all look. We're, I mean, we're herd animals. We all look to belong to some group, whatever we identify with. Um, and I have had that conversation of like, okay, so if I do find out, you know, where my where my roots are, where they started, like, would I then identify as that? And I don't don't know if I would because I don't have that cultural affinity with it like I wasn't raised in that in that country I wasn't raised with those you know practices and those cultures and, and that food and you know everything that's really important to people and in, in where they they come from um it might be cool but I don't think I would even necessarily feel comfortable you know hanging out in a group of people from whatever country I'm from and, and like identifying it that way. Like I don't, because I couldn't identify with, with that. And I think, you know, my parents have really put, like we celebrate Kwanzaa and we do, you know, food's a big thing. My dad's from Texas. So we go to Seoul, my mom's from North Carolina. We go to North Carolina and like see, and even as far as seeing, like knowing the history that goes, like we don't necessarily ignore slavery like we don't kind of stop at you know 1970s on in terms yeah. of understanding culture really. um but you know like knowing what plantation my family you know my great great grandparents were you know kept and, and worked and, and enslaved and that like you know we acknowledge that part of culture but that, that's kind of our starting point on um and that's what we identify with i i don't i don't i don't even necessarily feel like it's that important to know where your roots are from because i just feel like more time like there's a lot of for example like there's a lot of um british nigerians that i know and 
they're the type to be like I'm from the UK but my parents are from Nigeria <laughs> so like it's not like being it's not like knowing where you're from no makes, actually makes, let me rephrase makes, that there's, there's some people makes, so it's culture some people who actually deliberately cut that connection yeah yeah right? yeah so I, there's some who do it without deliberately doing it, but there's some who actually consciously deliberately cut that connection. And my reasons, again, I can't say my reasons, but what I can think of as reasons why that might happen is because these shades of being black, people um, attribute levels to it, right? And in some people's heads, there's the idea that, you know, black non-African is on a higher level than a black African. So I'd rather identify as a black non-African, I'm a shade up, level up, right, than a black African, because, you know, that might drop my street cred or my professional cred, whatever, right? <laughs> and I think, and, and I think, I think what actually increases that connection, that's right, that, what actually increases that disconnection is the negative portrayal of Africa in the media. Yeah. 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 Sorry, not, sorry, not negative, inaccurate, actually, that's the word I want to use. Yeah, inaccurately because absolutely. I I do not know. I mean, yes, I won't say Nigeria is perfect, but until I got here, I knew that people's idea of what Africa was was like. I like like you hear how people say, "Oh yeah, people think Africa is 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 a bush, whatever." But you think, "Ah ha ha ha, banter." But when you hear with your ears, like it's a different tune to it. It's like the, it's like it's like someone's playing a via, a violin. Someone is saying, "You're like what?" Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is it is real. So I think. That portrayal of Africa also helps people deliberately disconnect, which leads to what Yemi said, that example, mm-hmm. right? And again, over history and to the present, it's definitely been mis- mis- misinterpreted, hey, misinterpreted, <laughs> misrepresented. I don't know stick with that word. <laughs> that, was, that was tough, yeah. misrepresented. Yeah. I mean, I like being in the UK, I like, have tried to pick this through with friends and family, but like, I even noticed an interesting moment of judgment before I opened my mouth of like people you know doing like following me around a store being you know giving me that kind of like okay who are you like what kind of black mm. person are you mm. and then I would find myself deliberately saying hello how are you like hi how are you like the very American <laughs> greetings and people you could tell like their their affect changed immediately and they're have you ever been to New York when did you come over why are you over here how often you go back that kind of like mm-hmm. It was just, it was interesting. And I almost was like, wait, I don't, I don't want to get that extra. Like, I don't know if that's a privilege, but I don't want to get that extra, you know, regard because I'm an American. When you 20 seconds ago were judging me because all you saw was black, whether it's black, British, Mm. black, it, it, they were almost too enamored with me being American to care that I was black. And I was like, I don't like that you were taking that away from me. Yeah. If you're going to judge me, stick by it. I don't care. Like follow me around. Let me leave. Whatever. Not really. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean. Like, don't don't change that. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I felt like the same when I was when I was in America when I was in America and I was um I didn't when I was in America and I was working like with the black staff that were there. Some of them were like Haitian, but some of them were just like African, like African American, basically. And um, I do remember like some of the kids as well. Um, they would they saw me more like because of my accent and stuff they obviously saw me more as like um british and i remember the kids would be like oh my god like we didn't know that like 
black people were in England, this and that. Like they were, I was just like, what do you mean? Um, There's like, people who think that, then, uh, that, that England just, everyone just sipping tea and, yeah. and, and yeah. reading the metro. And, <laughs> I know as well, like when I would go on talking and stuff, um, I remember um, talking to like kids and then they were just like, oh, like, where are you? So where's like, your, where are you from? Kind of thing, like in England. And I was just like, oh, like I'm Kent or whatever. And then, um, and then they were just like, oh, that's so cool, this and that. And then I was just like, but you know, like I'm from, I'm, I, I said, oh, do you mean originally? And they were just like, what do you mean? And I was like, like where my family's from. And then, and then they were like, yeah, your family's from England. I was like, no, they're Nigerian. Like I'm Nigerian. And then they were like, like African you're African so they find it so weird that I was just like I'm black I'm British I'm African like everything they were just like oh my god you're African because I think in their mind they had a view of what someone from because for example like there was someone there was someone who was black from Kenya so they saw me as completely different to her which we are different but like we're both African as well but they just saw me as like, so you're from, you're from Africa? You're, you're from the same place as she's from? And you're like this, like, so yeah, definitely there are, it, there are differences in terms of like how people relate with you when they find out like where you're from or like what their perception of what Africa is um, yeah. and what it actually is. I remember I watched like, I recently rewatched um, Coming to America, you know, the Eddie Murphy film. Yeah. Um, like, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is funny, but this is like contributing to the issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, like that is something that I, it strikes a chord with me as well because what you just said, contributing to the issue, and and, and I know we're I know we're, I know we're approaching time limit now, but there is I think even amongst ourselves, right, there are some not just America but just around the world. There's black people who contribute to that African representation. Either, either, either using it for their own gains or just saying that ignorantly. But you, you, like you said, even 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 movies. Okay, even fair enough. Coming to America was years ago. They probably then then things were less PC or things were but people were less woke, whatever. Even now, like till today, there's people who, you know, make black people make jokes that contributes not just jokes but statements that contribute to how Africa is represented, right? And as a black person who grew up in Africa. First of all, I know that okay, this person talking is definitely not smarter than I am, right? I mean, not based on any other thing, just just based on the fact that I've, I know who they are on TV and I know everything they've done in their life. And I know everything they've done in my life. Okay, so you can't just go on TV and then talk as if me as an African, I am beneath you because of my accent or because I'm on a visa or because you know, even we as ourselves, and I say we as a black nation globally. We also feed into that European or whatever media mis- media misrepresentation. Ah, this word is giving me a headache. Media misrepresentation <laughs> of African continent. So, do you have any concluding thoughts on, on all of this? Um, yeah, like to be honest, um, what, what I'll say is that, like, yes, the the things that um, do tie all of us together, obviously, skin color being one of those things. Um, but you know the things that make us different, you know, shouldn't, just because they make us different doesn't mean it can't connect us, um, is what we say. Because at the end of it, um, like you said, just that, that subtle thing of if you're somewhere and you see another black person, your default reaction isn't like, where is this person originally from? It's like, this is someone I can relate to. So I, I don't know why we kind of like move away from that and start the whole 
you know, us against them kind of thing. And I, I guess it's, it's a very, uh, it's a psychodynamic, dy psychodynamic thing. And we learned that word last week. Last week, yeah, we learned that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a psychodynamic thing where, you know, um, and I was reading something as well as, you know, when Africans actually go to the U.S. as well, um, Nigerians like, or Africans born in Africa, when they go to the U.S., they try to dissociate themselves from African-Americans as well. Um, because, you know, you know, they're, they're kind of like, you know, these people don't know their roots. They even have like slurs to call them. Like, I, I don't even know what it is, but I would even say it if I knew what it is. But um, so it's actually vice versa. So I think at the end of the day, um, the agenda that has been set by the white man, you know, co colonization, slavery and everything is still ringing heavily through you know our lives as black people and i think it's about time conversations like this continue to happen and not just a us against them but a you know we're people like we're, we're people and the final analysis mm -hmm. of things we're people we have different cultures even me growing up in a different area from wale although we grew up in nigeria together we're very different and so wherever you grow up will have that effect on you but it doesn't change who you are at your core is what i would say um yeah mm -hmm. I, that's kind mm -hmm. of like my final thoughts yeah mm -hmm. Kelsey, do you have any uh, final thoughts as well? Maybe uh, things you think we should consider practice taking into account? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like what I think about most often when it comes to this whole like within group othering that happens with even within Black people is like we get enough of that. <laughs> like we get so much of like, oh, you're so other because you're Black or you're mm. so other, you know, because you, you know, whatever it is that then like why why are we perpetuating that with like do we feel like we need to turn that and do it so we have some kind of like power differential as well um yeah. and that's because i i feel that too and even you know when my hair braider was like oh okay you don't know where you found i was like okay but what like i i can't counter that because she's <laughs> the one creating that like power difference but why <laughs> like why <laughs> You know, when people, you know, question why I, you know, work, I work at a predominantly white college or why I ride horses, I'm like, why do we need to do this? Like, I understand, yes, we do do this. Yes, we do ride horses. Like, why, why are we continuing, like, coming home and, and continuing the thing that we get when we go in the outside world? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. can it not be the same friendliness that we had just, on, like, as we were walking past each other, you know, as to... Like, why can't it still be that, like, you know, hey, brother, are you good? You need anything? Yeah. Cool. Because <laughs> we don't need any more than we get. We don't need what we get, but we really don't need anything more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, me? Um, yeah, I feel like I'll just echo, like, literally what's been said. I think I would just say that there isn't what we need to just realize that there isn't one way to be black. Like, there isn't one way to be black. That there's not one way to be Nigerian, there's not one way to be um, African American. And I think as much as we can, we can identify that we have similarities, but then just acknowledge that there are differences, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't make us any, like, it doesn't make us any more different mm. than anyone else from another race, for example. Because, like, someone from Poland and someone from, um, but like someone who's like white British from Birmingham, they don't really, they know that there's differences, but it's not like, oh my God, do you know what I mean? So I think I relate with what Kelsey's saying as well, because I used to horse ride as well, and I used to get that as well. They found it so weird that like, so you horse ride. But yeah, like, I do get what you mean um, in the sense that 
we sort of other ourselves and we make ourselves different from each other and we don't really need to do that like there isn't yeah just basically like there isn't just one way to be black um for example like i know that there's some people that especially when you hear it in music or in um films whatever whenever it's like a black project it tends there seems to be like an oversaturation of like um gang violence of like um would you call it like the struggle the black struggle which for some people is their struggle is their truth but for some people it's not some people like they grew up in harrow in like a five-bedroom house like they don't relate to that but yeah i think we just need to acknowledge that there are differences and there are similarities but it doesn't there's just not one way to be black there you have it, a recap of the final episode of this season of Twainy's Convos. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it, rate it, or join the conversation on our Instagram page at Twainy's Convos. Although this is the final episode of this season, the conversation still goes on. So follow us on our Instagram page for more information. Till next time, take care and stay safe. Stay safe.